Hey, it's Mike from The Cut Music. Wanted to let you know that today's episode is being brought to you by Skillshare.com. Skillshare.com is jam-packed full of courses for the creatives. We're talking everything from animation to creative writing, film and audio production, fine art, graphic design, illustration, photography, whatever you're interested in, they got you covered. So be sure to click the link in the description and use the promo code provided to save yourself on your first month. Help support this channel. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get the show started. On this week's episode of The Cut. Hell yeah, and they kill it. I love West Side Guns uh, ad-libs. Like, do, 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 do. Oh, wait, is he the one doing the... Yeah, the background? yeah, he just does it in every song, and I fucking love it. It's like, do, 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 when I'm listening to it in the car. Just... Welcome to the Cut Music. We are your hosts, Mike and Brad. Brad <laughs> feels weird not singing it. I, I mean, we could try. Uh, no, you know, it just feels wrong when it's just you and me or me and Moosh. Yeah, I feel like it's in the thirds kind of thing where it's like, let's sing it. All right. Well, we we are we are Mooshless this episode because we're we're doing a revisited, but it's not. It's more of a redemption. Then it revisited uh, because we're doing hip hop. Yeah. And Moosh and I did a hip hop episode sh- like shortly after you were starting to join full time. But I think you were sick or something. And we we ended up having to give Moosh five picks. Um, it's like a participation trophy. Does he even know five hip hop songs? Uh, you know, one of the artists that he loves <laughs> that he put on was Scroobius Pips. Ah, and I don't know who Scroobius Pitts is. <laughs> Pips or Pitts? Pip, as in uh, Pip. Yeah, Pip. Yeah. Sounds so gangster. This, the song that he put, I, I do recall the song that, that Moosh put on uh, last time. And I'll go over the tracks um, because that's what we do when we do Revisited. Uh, we go over what we did play just so uh, we don't get hate for leaving people off. Um, but mm. he did Scroobius Pip. And I do remember kind of in, like I, I gave I gave him some credit for that one. I've heard Scrooby's Pit before. I didn't like him, uh, but the song that he did play and we'll get to that. But so uh, last last round, we had Lady Brown by Nujabez, who Moosh brings up quite a bit. I know he's a big Nujabez fan. It's pretty good. I'll give him that. You know, and, and what Moosh really enjoys about hip hop are the beats more than mm-hmm. the lyrics. We've discussed this. That's fair. So, so but I mean. I love the beats. So I came in with Break Your Neck. Mm. Dr. Dre beat, Busta Rhymes. Love it. And then he played uh, Petrified Life and, and the Twice Told Joke by Gym Class Heroes. Uh, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. I played Wu-Tang Clan Ain't Nothing to Fuck With by Absolutely. Clan. He played From Time by uh, Drake off of the Nothing Was the Same album, which is my favorite Drake album. That and Scorpion, good. probably. That's fair. That, dude, X gonna give it to you, like classic. DMX is the fucking metal of rappers, right? That's fair. Like you have to be pumped up listening to DMX. Metal in the best of ways. I mean, like there's oh, people yeah. who would be like, oh, well, ICP's actually, but I'm like, no, like metal that's good. Yes, yes, exactly. And 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 I say that you know when you when you think of uh, 
new metal, how how there's like a rap deal to I'm talking actual just rap. Just straight up rap hip hop. Like DMX is that guy. Then he uh, then uh you know, I, I give him a lot of credit for this. He came in with the Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. Absolute banger. Shock G. Can't go wrong with Shock G, man. No, no, no. Uh, another great beat for me was, you know, we do it by Ice Cube. And uh, then he played Introdiction by uh, Scroobius Pip. And I <laughs> ended with uh, Regulate, but I did the version that features um, uh, Michael McDonald. Hey. Uh, yeah. Had to. Have to. Uh, any chance help we yourself. get. Any chance we get. <laughs> with my, no, you can't. You cannot help yourself when it comes to Mike McDonald. But none of those artists are going to be on today. And if we still, by the end of the day, miss your artists or you want to hit us up, be sure to do so on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and uh, we're, 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 what's the other one? Twitter. Twitter. Uh, we, we're X at the, or whatever they call it. Whatever they call it. We are at all of those places at the Cut Music One. That is number one in all cases. And for everything else, uh, thecutmusic.com, where we have all of our merch. And uh, following our new rebrand, we have a ton of new merch on there uh, to select and choose from, different sizes, colors, combos, all that. Plus, mental health is mental health uh, to help support those in the middle community and those that are struggling with mental health issues. All proceeds from mental health is mental health uh, merchandise goes to uh, benefit them. We donate all of that. And you can find all of that at thecutmusic.com. So, Let's get in to hip hop. Now, mm. Brad, you don't go first very often. No, I don't. You don't. And I, I don't know if it's an oversight. I don't know what it is, but we, we tend to forget you once in a while. But <laughs> I mean, hip hop, you and I, I think we have a, 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 a Venn diagram where the middle is a little more expanded. Yeah. Right? Yeah, a little more. A little. A, little, a, a little more compared to like to, compared to rock. So I'm, I'm curious. You start off, but I'm looking at your stuff today. And I think while I don't I've never really listened to any of the songs that you're playing. I do know some of the artists. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you're going to widen that the middle of our, our rap then uh, hip hop then diagram today. You know, I don't I think this is all pretty like in line. I think it'll be something that maybe our listeners may find new, but I don't think I'm digging deep for any of these. Okay. They're fun though. All right. So They're what is fun? So set set the set the tone. So, I mean, it, what is a hip hop playlist without me putting something from either Outkast or Run the Jewels? Well, I found the way to do it halfway but both ways. Oh shit. So I got a track off killer Mike's newest album with Andre 3000. It's called scientists and engineers. So good. Can we expect Andre to play a flute? Uh, no, no flute, no flute Cool beat, right. though. You're going to love this beat. It's interesting. <laughs> I love choir background vocals. Oh I love yeah. Them. It's right up there with strings for me, but what makes this is that 80s future electrical electro beat. Yeah. It's so interesting. They didn't need a whole lot of bass, but it felt punchy. So that was I really enjoyed. You're right. I really enjoyed the instrumental and like one one something you're very good at finding is mm-hmm. in, are instrumentals that vibe. 
Yeah. And, th- and yeah, this was just that. Whole, yeah. Right. Um, it didn't, although I was waiting for it, it, it did do to me what, what run the jewels usually does, which is give me blue balls because <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting for something to hit a crescendo. Just, uh, well, it'll come to, yes. Uh, but there you, but like with run the jewels, typically not with this song, but with run the jewels, they will crescendo. They will reach the peak, but there's mm-hmm. no like boom on the bottom. Oh, after yeah. that, you don't jump off. You reach the top of the cliff, and then you, you keep don't, falling. But you, no, you don't. You don't fall. You just sit there, and then all Ooh. of a sudden, you start climbing again. That's what it seems like we're on the jewels. But with hmm. this, this, this was good. This was really good. This was uh, this was very relaxing. Yeah, this felt. This had a, a like a classic feel to it, like like yes. '90s rap. I mean, most of the artists in it are '90s rappers, but it's modern. Sure. No, I loved it. That was that was really good. I all right. I got a little complaint though, not necessarily about this song, but it reminded me of something that that I do hate that ruins songs that I love. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is about lyrics. Yeah, and I, and I know I can talk to you because Boosh doesn't pay attention to lyrics. I try. I songs that I love. Thinking of one is "Don't Dream It's Over." Eighties mm-hmm. hit, right? We're talking eighties. Mm-hmm. When somebody. When when a song talks about winning mm-hmm. or losing yes. as like an all encompassing thing, yeah, it drives me insane. Hmm. Like in that in that uh, there, there's that song. There, there's a Metallica song, Sanitarium. There's mm-hmm. there's a part where James. There's a lyric in there where where James Hetfield goes, uh, "Listen, damn it, we will win." And it's like that. That's such like not everything is about like sports winning yeah yeah but i don't know it's just it's childish to me like i hate it i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember and don't dream it's over um what the lyric is but i can't think about it there's a part in there where they talk about winning or something like that and it's like all of this predates charlie sheen fucking winning yeah like (laughs) to be be more specific i i just i think it's yeah i i think it's like uh it's cheap yeah no it feels like an easy you know, and the, the what made me think of it was in this song when Killer Mike says, you know, if you think I'm losing, you must be smoking a pipe. Now, that was a great ending to that verse, the way pipe uh, kind of like echoed out and stuff like that. But like, I don't it, I, it's it's a thing. It's low a hanging thing for me. It's low hanging. Yes, it's low hanging yeah. lyrics is what it is. Like, I hate when they talk about that. And there's it definitely not, feels overused. It is certainly overused and it's over and it's been overused for years because like don't dream it's over came out in the fucking eighties. I wish I can <laughs> think of the damn lyric. I can't anyway. All right. That rants out of the way. I, but I really did. I really did enjoy that. I enjoy, I love Andre's voice and I do love killer Mike's. Not His flow of, is so dynamic. Not a big fan of future. I didn't think you would be, but you it's know, kind of mumble rap. Own. It's kind of mumble rap. It, it's absolutely mumble rap. He's the king of it. Oh, wait, did it start with him? Uh, no, probably not. But he's definitely the one that's done it best. Best? Yeah, well, I mean, in the definition <laughs> of that, I mean, he is the king of it. The The hip hop trends for me, like my knowledge of them kind of stops after like 2008. Uh, and then after 2008, it's like keeping up with the artists that were around before that. And then like Kendrick. And that's yeah. like it. That's it. I don't really pay attention to anybody else. Yeah, you got a lot of rock to listen to. 
I had, there's so much rock to listen to. Don't don't you worry. I got us covered. All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna amp it up a little bit because it's my first song of the episode. And if you're gonna start a party, there's mm. only one hip hop song that starts the party off in a certain way. All right. Yes. That's Montel Jordan. Uh, absolutely, dude. This is how we do it. Classic. Ah, fucking dude. The absolute party starter. It is the. It was voted by Billboard the number one party song of the nineties. That and it, makes it sense. deserves it. Yeah, and it's got samples from um, from Slick Rick built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's off of uh, his single that came out in nineteen eighty eight, uh, "Children's Story." But, but so Montel's idea was he was thinking like, you know, if you're in China. You got a way that you party. If you're on the East Coast, you got a way that you party. If you're in the, you know, Britain, Scotland, like you have a way to do that. And this is like this was his fucking like his this West is how, Coast. This is well, actually, I think he's East Coast. Is yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says West Side, not West Coast. But he's off. Uh, De- he's off. De- he was off a Def Jam, which was East Coast based. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's a cool like anthem. It's an anthem like party song that if you are in fucking China or somewhere else, you can relate you can to get this. Down. You can get down to this. You have to. And after these two songs, at least for me, I'm pretty sure this will be the last track that I play that Moosh will be getting down to. I don't <laughs> think Moosh is going to enjoy anything else. I'm very curious uh, to, to talk to him after he listens to this and, and see what he thinks. But I'm embracing the hate. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I watched Straight Out of Compton recently. And, oh, so and I, got, I got a song that I cannot wait to play, and I'll get into why, but it put me in my West Coast deal. That's what all of us grew up on and what we listened to. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of Tupac. There was a little bit of Biggie. Absolutely no Jay-Z, Nas, Wu-Tang, none of that. West Coast. I mean, it was a big thing. You really couldn't listen to East Coast. But, I mean, even before we got to school and that shit seemed important at the time, mm-hmm. that was still what we were raised on. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it seems wrong to confine yourself, but now where are we going next? <laughs> um, oh, man. Everything I got on here is pretty high energy. Let's go ahead and... I got something that I think you'll like, uh, at least the instrumental part, and that's going to be Griselda. I think you're going to like this. It's got that boom bap. Oh, the boom bat. I love Coast. the boom bat. Yeah. Very uh, reminiscent of Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, these guys were actually, uh, I think they're signed under Eminem. Oh, they're on Shady? Yeah, and they have their own, um, it's like uh, Aftermath, but then they went and did their own thing called Griselda, because now they're not even together, but Griselda's still a thing. It's a weird thing to do about it, but this is Chef Dreads. Turns out West Side Gun and Conway Conway the Machine, I think that's how you pronounce it, are the first Buffalo rappers to sign a major record deal. Oh shit. Representing Buffalo. Hell yeah. And they kill it. I love West Side <laughs> Gun's uh ad libs like doo, 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 doo. Oh wait, is he the one doing the, <laughs> yeah, in the background? Yeah, he just does that in every song and I fucking love it. It's like doo, 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 doo. when I'm listening to it in the car, it's just <laughs> 
Which looks uh, silly because I don't look like the kind of guy that's listening to this music, but I'm bumping it in my truck and just do, 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 do. And then, is that Chewy? What the fuck is he doing? Yes. <laughs> no, that's uh, I, I, I love I love boom bap. I love I know. the grit. You, I, what? You love a good boom bap beat. Oh like, my god, dude. Every time one comes on, it. you're like oh, dude, as soon as I was like, all right, let's give it a listen. And as soon as I press play, I'm like, oh shit, there it is. Yep. And like it, it's I love it because it's only complex in one area, and that's sampling. Yeah, the, like you like like in this, they they had a guy. Um, they were sampling like uh, it sounded like some sort of the uh, like, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, and and that's uh that's pretty much that's pretty much it. The rest yeah. of it is very simple. They like the they they had that high high end like just dirty. It sounded like a violin going throughout the whole song. It's very fucking very RZA. It's very fucking Wu Tang esque. And I, I love the simplicity of that. And and anyone that can like DJ those samples in that way is fucking amazing. And I don't even know. I, I mean, I, I have to assume they're actually doing it old school. They actually like have a record and they're fucking they're, they're doing it. I hope I so. I wouldn't not, put it past them. If they're doing digital, you know, whatever. Sound is sound. I, I get it. But no, that that was great. But I do got to point something out. All right. First mm-hmm. off, I want to I want to make sure that I go back to the thing I couldn't remember. I did look up the lyrics to uh, Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. And the uh, part of the chorus goes, they come, they come to build a wall between us. You know, they won't win. And the only reason I thought to bring that back up is because they said winning in this song and rhymed it with linen. Yeah, you, you, we might run into some songs with more winning in this playlist from now. It, it, dude, that was, that was a good track. I want to listen to more of these guys because I do get in my, I, my boom I bap I get down mood. to some Griselda. It's some gangster-ass, East Coast, fucking aggressive, fun rap. Aggr- that you can... Yeah. Too. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing, though. We were talking about I was talking about my roots earlier being based in West Coast mm-hmm. there. Now, both sides go hard in one way or another. They're both aggressive. They just have their own way of doing it. But when it comes to the beat itself, I love West Coast. I love East Coast beats. I love the grittiness of Boom Bap. And I and I even I even love some of the puffy shit that, that he did with Biggie, like the the. The yeah. East Coast way of of orchestrating, I I very much appreciate that shit. Fucking, you know, dirt off your shoulder with uh, Jay Z. Fucking uh, amazing. Yeah. Rick Rubin is fucking East Coast. Yes. Right. So I, fuck you 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 can't hate on it. But there's something there's something about West Coast and producers like Dr. Mm. Dre, who's going to be featured twice today. Nice. There's just something about his producing that just keeps your motherfucking heads ringing. All right, do you see what I mean? Yeah. My head is ringing because I, I damn near turned up my Apollo as loud as it would fucking <laughs> go. Oh, my God, dude. Like, the, the like, phaser that he had along with, like, that, that lower tone that does that, ooh. Yeah, but like and, the, and the, the West Coast synth. 
The, yeah, but and then the phaser over top of that, like this is one of my favorite beats that that he's ever done. Another one, he says at the end, I hope you got your binoculars because I can see you, but you can't see me. Can't see me off all eyes on me, which I did play, I think, on our 90s episode uh, earlier. Or no, last year mm-hmm. um, is another Dre beat for Tupac. His album all eyes on me. It's a, I think it's the opening track on the second disc of that. And that is another just banging fucking beat. Jesus Christ. You can't fucking touch Dre, dude. You, you just you can't he fucking do it. He carried the West during the East Coast, West Coast thing. Like production wise, he oh, carried yeah. the West. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, Yella, when he was still with Ruthless, did, did some good shit, especially like Bone Thugs has some great. Uh, has some great instrumentals as well, but like, yeah, everything that came out of death row, including something else I'm going to play a little bit later is yeah, you're right. He was the fucking mastermind, but he wasn't, you know, Dre's not always been the greatest lyricist and he actually didn't write the majority of this song. Actually, a lot of his songs back then were written by uh, a producer named Jay flex, who was a friend of his and shook nights at death row. And he wrote this song for the movie or the soundtrack for the movie Friday. And every time I hear this, Dude, yeah, and every time I hear this song, I think of Smokey when he's driving Ice Cube to the liquor store. He's mm-hmm. driving Craig to the liquor store right before you meet Ezel, and this song starts playing, and he's just like bouncing up and down like he's <laughs> like riding riding over rough terrain. Yeah, Fuck. ah, dude, fucking great. I love that movie. I love this song. Oh my god, I love this fucking song. <laughs> yes. How do we follow up Dre? I know. Up. Maybe I played him too early. <laughs> right. So, okay. I have something on here with another great producer who's, I wouldn't put in the class of Dre, but I think uh modern, this guy is one of the best. All right. It's the alchemist, but uh, he's going to be doing all of the beats on this album for Freddie Gibbs off Alfredo. I have no idea what any of this means. Oh, well, this is something to rap about featuring Tyler, the creator. This album bangs. I love a good Alchemist beat. Anytime I hear he's in a project, I'm going to listen to it, regardless if I've never heard of who the artist he's producing for is. It just feels like a crime to even do anything over one of his beats. Yeah. I, uh, any, like any hip hop beat that adds a guitar like that, mm-hmm. I love. And not to like bring up Dre again, but off of Chronic 2001, uh, there's a song on there. Trying to think of how I can say the title. Um, (laughs) You you see, have you seen that movie with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy that just came out like within the last year on Netflix? Oh, I I know which one you're talking about, uh, but no, I have not seen it. I've been meaning to. It's a, it's, I mean, it's it's not the greatest movie ever made, but (laughs) there's a, it's funny. There's there's a scene in the car where uh, he uh, Eddie Murphy plays a song and he's trying to get Jonah Hill's character to like say the word because it's oh, in the title. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, "Oh, you love this song? What's the song called?" He's like, "I think it's Homies in Paris." Is it Homies? Ah. He's like, "No, I don't think it's Homies in Paris." So I'll say uh, the the track I'm referring to is called "Bitch Homies." Yeah. We'll, leave it, we'll leave it at that. But it's a really good beat, similar to this, but it, it, it just has a guitar just doing a little like small like solo in the background and like brad i know my second thing is i think i know why you're carcoleptic man 
because I listen to chill, relaxing, vibing yeah. songs sometimes. This yeah, shit, yeah, they can do it. I mean, in a good way, it's putting me to sleep so far. Your picks yeah. are like they're just they're so relaxing and like I don't know if I want to go to sleep listening to them. And I don't smoke weed. Not to knock to anybody that does. I just don't. But like, mm-hmm. it kind of makes me want to. Yeah. And just like lay back and doze off like I did when I was in high school. Yeah. Before I realized chill. that all weed ever did was put me to sleep and nothing more. Exactly. Just vi- well, it gave me anxiety, but you know, I mean, some people. <laughs> I, di- I didn't get the giggles. I didn't get the munchies, like all the cool shit that everybody loved. And then I look around at the, like the people I still know to this day, they're like functional smokers. Uh, I cannot be one of them. Oh no, I'm not being able to do shit afterwards. Nope. I am uh, what we used to refer to as stuck stupid. Yep. In- until I fall asleep. Yeah. No, that sounds like me. Yeah. No, I can't do it. But th- this music makes me want to have what all of my, what, what, like all of my friends that, that, that uh, do that describe when they're listening to something like, absolutely like this, like something to rap about is something to, to relax about. Absolutely. Something to chill about, something to vibe about. Like I mean, it's just, mm. the boat you haven't bought yet. Just dream about the boat you haven't bought yet. Yeah. But Brad, it's good to have dreams. All right. That it is. It is. And one album that came out, I want to say in 2005, maybe six. That, that feels five? right. It feels right. Actually, I can check my, I, I can check real quick. Came out in 05. There we go. That is the documentary by the game an all-time classic hey it is but unfortunately the game didn't stick around he had his whatever the fuck his fallout with 50 cent it seems like somebody falls out with 50 cent on a weekly basis starting to wonder if it's 50 cents fault i mean (laughs) yeah there may be there may be a 0.50 playing common denominator i don't fucking know i mean 50 at one point really was on his way to being one of the greatest rappers of all time. And oh, the, only yeah. reason, the only reason I won't say that he is is because he never, I don't, in my opinion, he never reached Get Rich or Die Trying. That album was fantastic. The Massacre was pretty good too, though. It, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't no, it that. it wasn't Get Rich or Die Trying. That album's an all-time classic. But I think 50, 50's also very business smart. You know, yes. he bought vitamin water and all that, and he stayed relevant, got into acting. I think he's a great actor. Um, but another person that just sort of fell to the wayside was the game after the documentary. And it kind of sucks because I feel like the game had a lot to say. Yeah. And I do love the song I'm about to play called Dreams, which is actually produced by Kanye West. Um, I've never doubted Kanye West's ability to produce instrumentals. And there's something special about this beat. I don't exactly know what it is. Uh, maybe it's the the sampling of the of the guy in the background yelling dream uh, or that this is dedicated to the family of Venus and Serena Williams and it's based on a true story and all that. This is a great fucking track. So off the documentary from 2005, this is the game dreams. That is probably my favorite beat Kanye's ever made. It's certainly a Kanye beat. Which is, this is such an interesting time in hip hop because I think this is the last time like gangster rap was at the forefront of rap and like on the radio. Well, and it's, it kind of put an end to all of that shit because Jam Master J got shot and 
I fuck, I don't remember the details, but it had it, it was intertwined with the 50 Cent Ja Rule Eminem shit. Yeah. Um, I th- what song is it? It's off of um, it's off of Encore, and he talks about uh, Eminem says it wasn't my you know like intention for somebody to get killed, and it's kind of like I think what they did was they looked at all the shit that they're saying and realizing that like people actually die out of this shit. Like you know yeah. everybody talks about Biggie and Pac, but that shit was ten years ago at that point. Um, but th- th- you're right. This is a very interesting time because this is before. This is before anybody thought Kanye would turn into the person that he is. Like they were all mm-hmm. very different people back then. Well, maybe not Fifty. Fifty's yeah. always been cocky. He's been about the same. <laughs> He's been about the same. Fifty hasn't changed. Gangsta. I think it started a bit of the like. I don't know if you want to call it like reflection rap, and it didn't take off at first because like Encore came out and it did okay. Like there's songs like Mosh on there uh, that that wasn't bad, but then Relapse came out. Mm-hmm. And Eminem's trying to get a little more emotional with shit. Like the the single off of that album was beautiful, which I don't think is a bad song, but it's kind of it's kind of like disturbed in a way, where you know they 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 came out with the album after song uh, after Sound of Silence, and it's like, all right, this is good for what it is, but it ain't disturbed. Mm-hmm. And so Eminem didn't like find himself until he came back out with Recovery, and Fifty Cent kind of. You know, his aggressiveness just sort of faded after the massacre. And I don't know, the G-Unit album wasn't bad. No, but it was it was just interesting. I mean, like, gangster rap is still a thing, but this was, like, on radio. Like, yeah. chart-topping kind of stuff. And you just don't see that anymore. Yeah. Uh, th- there's, I mean... I, is this I, pre I, or pro- post-crunk? I think it was pre it was pre-crunk. Crunk was crunk was about two thousand five. So it was it was all that all of that kind of hat. And actually, you're right because the South started coming out with crunk, and that mm-hmm. went on the radio. Yeah, all the the uh, the Ying Yang Twins and Little John, uh, the Big Timers were huge. Um, they came like Big Timers hit the scene. Uh, Cash Money was out for a while, but Big mm-hmm. Timers. Uh, what was that song? So Fly. That shit was yeah. everywhere. Uh, word of mouth by Ludacris, where it wasn't about the gangster shit. It was about it was club hits. Club yeah. hits killed gangster rap for yeah. what it was. So like absolutely, club hip hop is the is to uh, hair metal what grunge is to gangster rap what grunge is to hair metal. Absolutely. <laughs> Not that good shit didn't come out. I mean, yeah, yeah. banging fucking track. Yeah. No, there was there was a ton of good music. It was just I I was just thinking about it while listening to the song. I was like, they don't really play this shit on the radio no more. Not like they don't they don't play this kind of music. Period. Yeah. Well, I and I think the generation that's coming up isn't uh they I don't know. It's weird. Like some the 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 younger like the younger younger millennials and the Gen Z crowd that I that I know like my nephews and shit like that like. They they don't like violence, but they yeah. all love Deadpool. And I'm trying to <laughs> and they all love anime and anime can be extremely violent. Like I'm trying. I'm, I, I don't think it's that they say that things are too violent. They don't want the violence and shit like that. I don't think that's actually true. I think what it is, is there's a different brand of violence that they are accustomed to. And yeah, 
this sort of outspoken, very clear sense of violence. Like if you talk about Tupac, hit him up, shit like that, where like they're actually saying, I'm going to fucking kill you when I see you. Yeah. That's not their brand of violence. That's fair. But it's still violence nonetheless. Yeah. Feels I healthier, mean, though. It does feel healthier to be direct. <laughs> but maybe that's, maybe that's just our generation. That's how maybe we prefer old. it. But yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I don't like violence. What do you think of Deadpool? Oh, I fucking love Deadpool. Like, yeah, it's kind of his thing. Violence. We didn't, ha- we didn't have that kind of violence at the ready for us when we were kids. No. That's we had to listen to it. Ooh, yeah, we had to li- <laughs> <laughs> yes, we had to listen to it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, if you watch uh, King Richard, the, uh, the film that gave, Will, <laughs> that gave Will Smith the Oscar the night everything went down, um, mm. it's, a, it's a good movie. <laughs> Uh, but it does talk about Yatende Price and everything that went on that uh, uh, the game dedicated this song to. But I, I fucking, I love this song. And yes, Dr. Dre is in the music video, but this is a Kanye beat. So Yeah, I, love you, it. it's very, very clear a Kanye beat. The high-pitched drums that he uses in between the, the, the kick and the snare are, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it makes it. It's so good. And the sampling of the of uh the the male voice is fucking yeah, it's brilliant. Well, and then just the game's fucking flow on it is it's it fits so well. He's he got does a lot not of feel conviction. out of place. No, he's got a lot of conviction. Well I'm I'll I'll bring something that's got some punch to it. All right. With some conviction. conviction. And it's a little ditty from ASAP Rocky called Lord Pretty. Flacco, Jody 2. I need Wolf. <laughs> that song was built for subwoofers. Oh, man. I got to keep remembering when the song's over to turn my, my uh, headphones down so I don't get any bleeding. Because like when these beats start, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's punchy. But man, I, I want a subwoofer. Every time I hear that song, I'm like, I get a little fucking pumped up. And I'm like, where's the biggest speaker in my fucking house? <laughs> I'm going to go make love to it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get a back massage and lay on it. Just boom, 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 boom. Have you seen Private Parts? Oh, man. That uh, is, with uh, Stern? Dan Stern? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I haven't seen that. In, oh, man. I probably was way too young to have seen it when I did see it last. It weren't we all? Uh, there, no, there was that part where he was a DJ, and he's like, I'm going to have sex with this woman right now over the radio. And <laughs> he's like, do you have a stereo? She's like, yeah. He's like, take the speaker, turn the bass all the way up, set the speaker on the floor, and straddle that speaker. And then he just started like, yeah that that was good i only know one asap rocky rocky song that i know of and it's my it's i don't want to call it a guilty pleasure it's just a song that doesn't fit me at all but i fucking love it because it reminds me of granddad from boondocks because he used to listen to that song booty butt booty butt booty butt cheeks and that's actually, I think it's ASAP's song. It's fucking problems with Drake oh, yeah. and, and uh, Kendrick. Yes, I fucking. Dude, it's, a, I get, it's a banger. I get the down whole to that album's song. a banger, but I he's got a strong discography. No, he's he's not he he's not bad at all. I just I don't know. I I need I need to give more 
2010, post 2010, like hip hop, a chance, and I just haven't. And I think what it is is like the mumble rap came in. With, so actually, I know who created mumble rap. It was fucking Keek the Sneak from the <laughs> Bay Area. He was he was the first mumble that rapper motherfucker. Ever that motherfucker, dude. <laughs> I hated that shit. It was the hyphy movement, and that's where everything lost me because like I loved E40. Yeah, uh, growing up, but like 40? once he. Once he started, dude, million dollar spot with uh-huh. fucking Tupac and I think B legit's in that song. Like I loved Bay Area rap. Like I loved the the I got five on it, which is from the Loonies who were from Oakland. But the I, I got five on it remix. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, I love the Shock G's Bay Area. Like I love that shit. But once the hyphy movement came in with like the mumble rap style, that's where it lost me. And then it seemed like every other rapper that was out around like late 2000s, early 2010s was just going pop. And I just, I I couldn't. That's fair. I I couldn't follow. I I think it's the same thing that, you know, younger people are saying about old hip hop. You know, they give it that whole, the hip, the hop, the hippie did a hip hop. That's how they hear a lot of like classic hip hop. They, They don't feel like it's. Well, but there's a difference between classic and old school. Like for instance, uh, Sugar Hill Gang. Rapper's Delight, which is a song you were just doing, mm-hmm. is old to us. Yeah. Right? But that's how they describe almost all the hip-hop from 90s. You know, it's like, that's how they hear it. See, and I'm, I'm so glad that Kendrick and even Drake are, are, and, and J. Cole are out there because one, something that, I, that I've kind of noticed between East and West, like some of the shit you're playing versus what I'm playing is, at least for me, West Coast, classic West Coast, mm-hmm. speaks to you. It yeah. talks to you. Like, um, there's certainly the songs that, you know, they're talking about, you know, something else or whatever. But, like, there's just a, there's a big difference between, I think, any rapper other than Kendrick that's out today and Tupac. Mm-hmm. Tupac's, like, he talked to you. Like, you got... Yeah, it was poetry. There was a message to it. Um. And I and I think that is, I don't know, may, maybe maybe the younger generation that that I mean, look, li- love what you love. I mean, we're here to press play on music; it's what we do. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, no, nothing like doing this show has forced me to expand my horizons. And I've always thought that I had pretty distant horizons as it was. But I mean, goddamn, there's so much shit. I mean, my horizons are getting expanded right now. I do want to give ASAP a try. Yeah. No, I mean, the same thing. I This whole show is like even, you know, some of the stuff Moosh plays. I'm like, oh, I've never fucking heard that. Let me uh, put that on. Or, you know, we all do it to each other. Just some of the stuff. Yeah, some. I mean, you know, there's, <laughs> it's fair that, you know, we've all played something we've never heard and we were okay with never have hearding hearing it before yeah <laughs> we wanted to keep it though i think yeah. we've all we've, life we've would have been better if we were rewinded three minutes and i hadn't <laughs> heard that before but you know we're not there anymore so let's move forward <laughs> I, I can think of a handful of artists from both of us that he would say that about <laughs> yeah this whole episode for him probably yeah i don't know man i think moose might surprise us a little bit i can I, see I, him growing he, he almost bought an rtj album I was so proud of him. He almost well, did it. Though. He almost bought a Wu Tang. Exactly. There was there was a shimmering of hope. Yeah. Well, I, and I get it. He's got little kids. You can't listen. It's to hard some to of this listen stuff. to this, you know. But <laughs> I, I all all in all, what we're saying is is like 
I, I don't know. If you if you're saying that classic hip hop is the same as old school, oh my god, dude. Like there's such a difference between Rock Him and and Sugar Hill Gang and and like the the pioneers of rap. Like their mm-hmm. sound was so even run DMC, like their sound is so fucking different. Well, and it's a new I mean, like relatively, it's a mu- new music. It's it's been growing, and we're able to watch it evolve. And it doesn't always go in the right path that you know you may enjoy, but it is still continuously evolving. Yeah, and uh, uh, Cor- uh not Cornell West. Um, oh, fucking the roots. Um, I, I'm looking at his face right now. Oh, Questlove. Questlove. Um. He's just—I mean, hip hop just celebrated its 50-year anniversary, mm-hmm. right? A- a- another rapper that's going to be unlike anything you've heard, unless you listen to his later stuff before he stopped. But when he first came out, LL Cool J, Mama yes. said, "Knock you out!" Like that—that mm-hmm. that is not uh, like he, that's not classic. That's that's old school. The closest I can think of that he ever got to like 90s, and I think it came out in the 90s, was "Round the Way," his mm-hmm. his love song. Yeah. Um, I fucking, I don't know, man. I love, I love it all. I encourage anybody that listens to ASAP Rocky and the shit that's out today. Like, dude, give that shit a chance. Start with Tupac, go to Biggie, go to old Jay-Z. It, treat it, yourself and follow the journey. Yourself. Oh my God, dude. And what a journey it is. And all right, it's time, Brad. Mm. All right. Time for what? My favorite rap album of all time. I've mentioned it on several episodes. My favorite rap album of all fucking time, hands down, is Snoop Dogg's debut album, Doggy Style. It's a good album. I love every fucking track on this album. Every goddamn one of them. I I just spent $100 to buy it on vinyl because I have no other way of listening to it because Snoop, a few years ago, fucking pulled it from everywhere and then all of a sudden we're making this playlist and miraculously all of a sudden it's back on fucking spotify it was like it was meant to be it was meant to be because up until this point starting with quite a few years ago you got no limit snoop dog and there's nothing wrong with no limit snoop dog last meal excellent yeah. fucking album it just doesn't hit the same it, it yeah but it's not dog father and yeah. for damn sure is not doggy style now it was very difficult to choose a fucking song off this album. Probably my favorite song off this album is G's and Hustlers. It's the second to last song, and it's kind of, it's aggressive Snoop, and you don't hear Mm -hmm. aggressive Snoop very often, but I can't pass up the opportunity to play the number one track off that album, which is Who Am I or What's My Name, off of Doggy Style, Snoop Dogg. Here we go. Fuck. Oh my God. That fucking Dr. Dre again on, on the fucking beat. And it's magic when you put who we've already discussed is like the greatest hip hop producer of all time with the guy whose voice can go over fucking anything. Absolutely. I was that just whole about album to say, is butter. Snoop Dogg has got like probably the most iconic voice and flow in hip hop. It is unmistakable if Snoop Dogg's on there. And it doesn't matter if it's a new track, an old track, any track. No, 
and I encourage everybody, I'll find a reason to play something off this album again at some point in the future. But G's and Hustlers, that song is almost rock. Like it's <laughs> almost like I don't even know how to describe it, but the like what I love, I mentioned I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I watched uh, Straight Out of Compton recently, so I'm a li- I'm a little biased at the moment. Mm-hmm. The coolest thing about all of this is like when you listen to anything from Tupac, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Biggie, Jay Z, Fifty Cent. When you listen to you know, even some even some East Coast people, when you listen to any of their stuff, there is a st- overarching story going on. Ice Cube, mm-hmm. same thing. Like, there's an overarching story that takes place. And the coolest part about watching Straight Out of Compton was, unlike Rocket Man, and even unlike Bohemian Rhapsody, the two movies uh, that came out about Elton John and and Freddie Mercury, they, their story itself, that movie didn't need a fucking soundtrack. You already mm. knew if you were like listening to their shit, like. That's the coolest part about it. And, you know, it, that movie ends when, when Dre leaves Death Row to start Aftermath. But there's, they could easily make a fucking part two because so much shit went down after that. Like, when Dre left, like, Snoop was still stuck there. Uh, you know, Tupac was just getting started when Dre left. Dre left in between All Eyes on Me and Machiavelli. Machiavelli came out exactly nine months after All Eyes on Me. And... Then, you know, and like fast forward, fucking Shook Knight is still in jail mm-hmm. for trying to crash their film set while they were filming the movie. So like the movie could be <laughs> in the movie part two. <laughs> Absolutely. And then if you want to like you want to see like one of the craziest full circle moments in music history. Do you know who the current owner of Death Row is? Easy. Is it Easy's wife? No, she's ruthless. Ruthless. Okay. Snoop. Snoop. Owns Death Row Records. Hey. I mean, that's got to be, that's one of the craziest full circle moments in music history. Because Snoop had to get ran out too. Master P had to go buy him out of his contract because him and Sugar weren't getting along. Him and Dre had their their issues and then they reconciled and Snoop had to find a way out of there. Nate Dogg had to find a way out of there. And Master P like kind of rescued Snoop, brought him over to No Limit. But... Like, there's all that fucking drama and shit only for Snoop Dogg to buy fucking Death Row. Like, it's the coolest fucking story, and you can listen to the soundtrack in full, t- in like real time. It's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Sorry, I'm a little passionate about this. I love stories like this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good movie. Oh, God, it's a great movie. Great story. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck. Okay, all right. My, my rant. Marantz is over. Fucking, I was so happy when I saw that Doggy Style was back. I don't even know how I found it. Oh, I know. I was, I was doing research for this episode, and I was like, all right, I need to like jog my memory. Let me go look at some other hip-hop playlists and see what artists I'm not thinking of. And I saw Doggy Style on a few of these playlists, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. How'd this uh, happen? How did, did this go? happen? God damn. <laughs> all right. You got one more pick, Brad. Yeah, so... Ah, you know, following Snoop Dogg, we got to follow him with someone else with an interesting voice and an interesting flow. Um, J.I.D. or Jid, however you want to pronounce it, both are fine. Um, He's from the Atlanta area. Um, It's probably 
one of my favorite modern artists right now. He's signed under uh, J. Cole's Dreamville Records. Bangers. He just hmm. his last two albums have been flawless. I I, really? I think, in my opinion, they've been really good. This album, The Forever Story, is uh, from front to back one of my favorite albums in the last five years. Holy shit! Uh, this is Dance Now by JID. Brought you some more woof. Yeah, no, no there, there was, uh, there was <laughs> definitely woof. God, I love his delivery and flow. And, and just like his several deliveries and flows. Does, does he remind you of anybody? Uh, easy, kind of. Really? Because I yeah. got good kid on back Kendrick. Oh, of, well, yeah, of, absolutely. There's a lot of influence in that there's one. There's a ton of, I, I don't know if he always raps like that, but like the, the cadence and rhythm that he used and uh, it just, it reminded me of, yeah, good definitely kid, good, good Kid Mad City and like Section 80, Kendrick. Yeah. Um, not rapping about the same things Kendrick does. No, not in this song, at least. So he's had two albums. Like, when did this album come out? Uh, I think last year. Yeah, 2022. Is this his, yeah. you said he had two albums. Is this his first one? Or I think he has one? three, but uh, the first, his two mainstream, there's the Forever Story and, um, ba, 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 ba. fuck, what is it? Uh, I can picture the album in my head. Uh, let's see. We got Black The Boys DiCaprio Price. 2. Okay. And that came, and, out, that came out in 2018. Yeah, and then the original Never Story. All three albums are great, but the first, the DiCaprio and the Forever Story are back to front, nonstop bangers. Does he come from like a Jamaican influence? Because like I I noticed the accent of the spoken word at the end, and then I I heard him say that. I'm not sure. Uh, All I know is he's from Atlanta. I know there's a lot of an Atlanta influence there, but there, there may be. Yeah, no, that was... That was interesting. Like you, you have brought solid beats, like to say the least, out of you know every me, one I of like these fucking tracks. Vibe. I love a good vibe. Well, and your last two aren't ones that are gonna like make me want to fall asleep. Take a, fall asleep, <laughs> take a nap. Um, yeah, that was okay. So that was dance now, JID. So wait, was Kenny Mason the the spoken word at the end? I'm not sure. I don't know who Kenny yes, we, Mason. We don't is. know who Kenny Mason is. <laughs> All right. Well, I've only I've only played Tupac on here one time, and that was the nineties. Feels criminal. It does. It does certainly feel criminal. And I left them off the first rap because I was I was trying to be a little more eclectic on our first hip hop uh, mm-hmm. playlist when we did this a year ago. But you know, the more we talk about how the the current like the the younger generation looks at classic hip hop now, I'm I'm glad we're doing this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the song that I chose has a lot of old school influence in it. Absolutely. There's a lot of old school influence in the beat. So it's probably not the right song from Tupac to prove my point. Nonetheless, it is the title track off of Me Against the World by Tupac featuring Dramatical. Old school or not, I fucking love that beat, dude. It's a good one. And I love Tupac. Oh, man. Don't we all? Like, I could write. 
so he was known for writing about six songs a day and recording like two to four. Yeah. That's why he, he has more music out post death than before. Yeah. So, uh, and a little bit about this album. This is, this is his third studio album. I want to say the ones before this, his very first album was two, two now. And then, uh, Thug Life, I think, was the second. With and Thug Life was a group. It was like him, Big Psych, and and a few others. Hmm. Um, and then this album, I could be wrong about that, but I know this was his third album. But it was also his first number one album. Hmm. It was a, it, it hit number one in not only R and B but also just the overall Billboard. It sold two hundred forty copies, two hundred forty thousand copies in the first week, and that sounds like nothing nowadays. Yeah. Right, that doesn't sound like shit. This but is back- just sales, though. Not even including streams and stuff. Like back then, that didn't exist. Yeah, we didn't have streams. You had to go buy the shit. Like go to an actual store. You couldn't order it. I mean, maybe you could out maybe. of a magazine. <laughs> yeah, but like that involved using the postal service. <laughs> like, yeah, snail uh, mail. Snail mail. Yeah, which you know nobody uses anymore so to sell two hundred forty thousand copies on your on your first week like that was a huge deal and this was an important album because it was right after this that he ended up going to jail i'm not going to get into all that stuff it, it was it was some weird shit and he got shot five times um which is where his famous line five shots couldn't drop me i took it and smiled uh and he so this album was released on interscope interscope was the parent label to death row and this is when suge knight went bailed him out and then he got to work immediately and was the very first rap artist to put out a double album being all eyes on me where he featured everybody every west coast rapper that was anything and then some that nobody knew were on Mm. that fucking were on that album like he had dj quick he had uh you know nate dog nate dog was on the thug life album actually he was on um how long were they mourn me? I think, um, but like Snoop's on that album. Dre, that's where California Love came from. Dre's on that album. He had a bunch of Bay Area uh, on there as well. Like Richie Rich is on there. Um, it's crazy. And like again with the stories. So with Tupac, unlike um, unlike NWA, NWA I think has the best movie as we were discussing straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. No great movie has come for Tupac. Has which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And uh, All Eyes on Me, which was a movie, came out after straight, uh, shortly after Straight Outta Compton. It was in the next like year or two. And the guy that played Tupac in Straight Outta Compton played him in this movie. But that movie went absolutely nowhere. It is a shame. But what's cool about it is, and weird, is that we haven't had a movie, yet no one talks about any rapper more. Than exactly him. right like I, tupac uh, is all has remained part of the conversation for 30 years yeah uh, you know and i've had my moments where i've wondered if the reason he is like i, I uh, it sounds almost sacrilegious to say it but like had he not died and was still releasing music do you think he would still be spoken about the way he's spoken about now that's i mean that that is hard would Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker in the Dark Knight be as great? Exactly. As it it's like one of those things. I'm not saying that his discography is not great, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in some people's top fives. But uh, 
I think it. I, I I don't think it would have brought him down to a level to where he wouldn't have been just as important. I think it did positively in, impact him because there was this sense of mystery that surrounded. Uh, what if? Like we felt like he was not even at his peak before he was taken. No, I mean the guy was still putting out ridiculous like amounts of music and great music. Like greatest hits had you know, changes on it. Changes was a big single that came out in 1998 with greatest hits. And then I want to say in 2001 until the end of time came out, that was a great fucking album with all unreleased tracks, which he did over and over again. Mm-hmm. But, you, but uh, back to the, you know, what being able to watch this entire story of these West coast rappers. And the, it, there's like a, there's like a death row universe is kind of what or an NWA <laughs> like universe, the multiverses. Right? Because Dwayne Keith, uh, what's his name? Dwayne Keith Davis or Keith D just got arrested a few months ago. He was in court for his arraignment on November 2nd of last year for the murder of Tupac. Like, Which is th- this shit I never, is- yeah, not in a million <laughs> years did I think they'd even arrest anyone. I thought this was just what it is. Well, and you know, we still got Biggie when that's done. Yeah. Well, and and shit could get shit could get messy. Like, look, look, I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I'm not in a position to even speak on it. But now you have this guy quoted as saying that Puffy put him up. Well, back when he was Puffy, Diddy put him up to it. This is going to cause like that's causing some weird fucking drama. And if that actually takes off and I'm not saying it here for today, we, we don't do that shit. I'm just saying. When it comes to the overall story, this Tupac died on September 13th of 96, right? 96 or 97? Six or seven. It was a. I think it was. No, it was. No, it was. Yeah, it was 96 because All Eyes on Me came out in June and uh, uh, Machiavelli came out. After he died, and that was only nine months later. So yeah, it was nine, it was like September thirteenth of ninety six is when he died, and like his story's not fucking done yet. Like it's so fucking bonkers to me that that shit is still a big deal. And I encourage anybody to fucking like deep dive into Tupac, pick an album. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Ah, yeah, fucking, I love Tupac. God damn it. You know who makes me feel answers, like I'm 14 right? years old again. What? You know who knows the answers? Jada Pickett Smith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might be right. She'd know. She'd know. They all know. Somebody knows. Someone knows. Absolutely, someone knows. Someone <laughs> fucking. Someone fucking knows. But again, once that's over with, you know, everybody's going to be yelling about Biggie because Biggie died a year later. He died. I forget. I don't remember when he. What date he died, but he died in 97 in L.A. Yeah. Fuck it. Just crazy. It was a crazy era. Like the East Coast, West Coast beef was real. That shit was nuts, dude. When you watch the 94 Source Awards, that was where Suge Knight got up and insulted Diddy. And then fucking Snoop Dogg got up and started talking some shit. Like it almost went down at the fucking Source Awards, and then shortly after that, Snoop Dogg went and what what music video was that? Uh, stomping on, stomping on New York, I think is what it was called. There was, <laughs> dude, it was blatant back then. There was just a ton yeah. of shit. 
It was, but it's blatant such a, and dangerous. Blatant and dangerous, but it was such a good fucking. It's such it made a good for good music story, and it made for great fucking music. And that's my overall point: is we don't have a great movie going over Tupac and all of his shit, but you you have his music, and that's the cool thing about these classic West Coast rappers is you can literally learn everything about them by just deep diving. Absolutely. Yeah. I, all right. I have, I have no more to say about this. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. I do, but I'm going to stop. I, man, I, I, seriously, I feel like I'm, I'm like 15 again. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying not to go into conspiracy theories. That's all it makes me want to re- do. Dude, I remember those. Yeah, it's like Tupac's every still alive. story I heard. Yeah, dude, I swear I saw him at a fucking truck stop in Kansas. I'm not even kidding you. I remember. I was oh, dead you're not serious. quoting anybody. You're talking about yourself. I'm de- this is me. Like, oh, no. dead serious. I swear <laughs> to God, I saw that man working like as like cleaning up. I hope not. The truck stop. I hope not. That or his twin. I don't I don't know. But it was nuts. <laughs> I, I remember going back to the camper and telling my foster parents, I'm like, that's him. He's here. He's here. <laughs> what year was this? Oh man, I I may have been like twelve. Yeah. It was a long ass time ago, but I, I just remember going, That's him. I'm gonna go. I like I came back to the camper to get a piece of paper to ask for an autograph. Like I was that serious about it. <laughs> Dude, it, and it's crazy because I mean, by far you're not the only one. Because like yeah. three or three or four years ago, he was trending on Twitter because oh, I forget what country it was, but some like some picture, some security camera photo or something got released, and it was all over social media. And they're like, "Yep, that's him." Yeah, it yeah. was. It, this he's like right up there with Elvis as far as a mythos and like you're right. Nice. It's crazy, but I, I, to this day, I, I still don't not think that oh, was him. Oh man, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. You know the difference between him and Elvis, though. It, yeah, there's all there was all the Elvis sightings and all that shit, but like with Tupac, there were less sightings, but there's all the sevens and people were finding subliminal messages in his lyrics, especially Mm -hmm. on, on on seven day theory, the Machiavelli album. Like there was a ton of that shit. And, uh, there was, there was another, there was like a song that he released where he, he insulted somebody or something and they weren't actually out yet. Like another rapper, I forget who it was, but there was something off of like until the end of time or the album that I forget what album came out after that. Um, Pox Life, I think is what it, I don't know, but like he insulted some rapper, and that rapper wasn't a thing in 1996. <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe any of that shit. I I'm curious. I just I enjoy the storytelling because you know we did folk music back in December, and I love storytelling. And like unlike folk music, you can actually go look this shit up, watch video yeah. footage of it. Like, and a lot what, of it's based on fact. Like yeah, even well, their yeah. lyrics, a lot of their lyrics is based in some sort of life event. Whereas like a lot of folk is like singing about someone else's hard times. Hey, hey, don't quote me, boy. I ain't says shit. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't played boys in the hood on here either. Anyway. All right. Let's go ahead and call it there. This has been our hip hop redemption list. Uh, and I, I think Moose is, I don't know. I think he may surprise us when we talk to him about this. I, I think there's at least going to be some instrumentals on here he likes. I think so. 
I don't think he's going to come in and be like, bro, Tupac, oh my God, dude, sign me up. I don't think he's going to say that. But maybe he'll, he'll, he'll surprise us with some things that he did. Like, like <laughs> if he comes back and says, keep, uh, keep their heads ringing, does, didn't do anything for him, I don't know what I'm going to do with that guy. Yeah. I'm hoping he's going to come back and you're like, you guys did it. I'm a hip hop head. Dude, I listen to hip hop now. That's I'm my gra- thing. I'm going to grab him by his stash hairs. Yeah. And just, and, and we're going to, we're going to clockwork orange him, but through his ears. <laughs> it's going to happen. All right. As always, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, YouTube at the Cut Music One for everything else, the cutmusic.com. We have been Mike and Brad. 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 <laughs> and this has been Hip Hop Redemption. We will talk to you guys next week. Peace. Bye.